Welcome to the Love Marriage Again podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Siobhan Parat. In this podcast, you will receive the wisdom, the insight, and the tools you need to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Your marriage is meant to be amazing. Your marriage should be your favorite place to be. Your marriage should bring out the best in you. I'm here to help you create that. In each episode, I'll coach you to improve your communication, build a deeper connection, become a more united team, and experience more intimacy. Here, we have real conversations about what can make marriage hard, and more importantly, how to make it easy. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I am so excited to be back with you for another podcast episode. I hope all is well and beautiful in your world. Today is a gorgeous day here, and I'm excited to have this conversation with you. And it may be a lot of things. It may be a little bit ranty. It may be a little bit encouraging, and it may be a little bit coaching. So I hope you're up for it. Grab a coffee or water or a glass of wine, depending on when you're listening to this, and a notebook, because this episode is really, really for the mamas out there, for the mothers who are feeling it. The summertime is the summertime. It's a little bit harder when you are juggling children and other things in life, whether that's work that you do, whether that's just juggling your children at a level that is greater than it is during the school year, all the things. I am feeling it as a mom. I've been sharing with some of my clients that Every morning before 1 p.m., I have a three-hour commute. (laughs) Three hours. And I work from home, so it's not even for work. It is, my daughter is in a summer camp, um, a specialized program that we are really excited about that's really going to support her um, academically in this next uh, school year. And it's 45 minutes from our house. And so that's 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back. And then that's picking her up as well. So my schedule and things going on with my son don't allow me to like drive those 45 minutes and stay for the four hours of her camp. So I come back home and then I turn around after about 90 minutes um, being home and go and pick her up. And we're doing that daily, Monday through Friday, until the end of August. And this is the beginning of week three. In addition to all the other things that my children have, their speech therapy, their piano lessons, their orthodontist appointments, their play dates, and all of the things that a seven and nine-year-old have going on. And all of that is on me. My husband works a job where he's not available 
to be able to do those things. And so as a mom, I want you to know that I am also feeling it. I'm feeling the pinch. I'm having the thoughts. I'm feeling the feelings just as you are. So this is going to be as I said, part rant and part pep talk. I really think like we all just need a pep talk. So let me start with that. You are doing an amazing job. I think very few people, especially husbands, understand the emotional, intellectual, spiritual load that we carry as wives and mothers. But I want you to know that I get it and you're doing an amazing job. Even though you yelled at your kids, even though you are so frustrated and you doubt your capability of being a good mother, even though you question why you are a mother, all those thoughts that make you feel like a failure, that make you feel like you're messing up your kids, that make you feel like you're not doing enough, you're not good enough, they're not true. They're just not true. You are an amazing mother. God handpicked you to bring into this world the children that you have brought into this world, however you have brought them into the world. And you are equipped, you are capable, and you are already doing an amazing, amazing job. I know that it's overwhelming. I know that there are some moments in the day where you're like, I don't think I can make it through the rest of this day. That may be two minutes after you wake up, but you have made it and you will continue to make it. And I am here to support you. I am here to have this conversation with you. This podcast will live on forever as long as technology allows. And I encourage you to come back to it as often as you need to, even if it's just to listen to these first few minutes of your pep talk. But you are doing it. There is so much on your plate. I know that your to-do list is endless. I know that even carving out the time to pay attention to this podcast or halfway pay attention to this podcast is not easy. I know that there's laundry, there are dishes, there are meals to be prepared, there are people to be bathed and cleaned and taken where they need to be taken. And right now it's all on you and that's a lot. It is a lot. I'm not going to pretend that it's not. It is absolutely a lot. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that things feel so unfair right now. I'm sorry that it feels like your husband has easy street and is pursuing their dreams and accomplishing their heart's desires while you feel like you're stuck in a box, not looking like yourself, not feeling like yourself, not being yourself. But I also want you to know that she's in there still. She is. And I hope that this podcast will help dig her out 
with a lot of love, even though what I have to offer you and the points that I've prepared may be a little bit hard to swallow. But I want you to stay with me because my goal is to empower you always. I want you to see your power. I want you to see where you have control and where you honestly and genuinely can turn the tide for yourself. All right. So with that, let's dive in. It's called getting more help because that's what you want and that's what you need right now. And I want to offer you how I've been navigating this, not only in this current season of parenthood and marriage, but also how I've navigated it in years past when my children were even younger and it was even more physically taxing. So what I notice a lot when I talk with women about this, and I've been having so many conversations, which is why I'm doing this podcast, I promised (laughs) some women um, that I would do this. And what I notice though is our tendency to stay in the problem. And I want you to just assess for yourself, what percentage of time are you thinking, this is so hard. I can't do this. I need some help. Those thoughts feel so true and they are. But I think the degree to which you give them airtime determines the degree to which it remains your reality, that it remains hard, that it remains overwhelming, that you remain in dire need of something that you don't have. And so I want you to just be able to first acknowledge and be aware that part of what is making this even harder is the way your brain is thinking about it. Now, That's not to say that shifting your thoughts and finding peace or finding acceptance or finding a path forward that feels better is easy because it's not. It takes work, but it's work that at the end of the day actually produces a positive result. And it may feel like the negative thinking and the rumination and the resentment that's building up because of how you're thinking That may feel effortless because it's your default, but it's feeling effortless and it's making you feel worse. So you want to think about how much it will be worth it for you to put forth some intentional effort to refresh, rewire, redirect your brain in a more positive direction that's going to help you ultimately lighten the load. And the first thing that I want to offer you in terms of this idea of how to get more help is to ask. So many times I think we want so badly for our husbands to just know and offer. And we don't ask. And a lot of us have very interesting relationships with asking for help. So this is another place where you just have to look at yourself. How often are you asking? What if you challenged yourself every day to ask for help in some way? Every single day, ask for help, whether that's, can you please get me a glass of water? (laughs) Can you please change 
this child into their pajamas? Can you please brush the teeth? Can you please wash the dishes? Right? So you know for yourself if you have an avoidance and an aversion to asking for help, either because it's uncomfortable for you to need help or you're so frustrated that you have to ask that you're perpetuating not getting the help you need, right? So we have to give up this idea that our husbands should expect and know and offer, especially if that's not happening. Now, some of you listening to this, that may be your reality. You do have a husband who can anticipate your needs and who is there to offer help regularly. More than likely, you're not listening to this particular episode. (laughs) You probably uh, moved on because you're like, oh, this isn't for me. But for most of us that are having this struggle, it is because our husbands aren't that way. They don't have an automatic reflex to think about what can I do to help, right? Now, that's something we can build, right? So if you're a husband listening and you're like, but wait, I could do it. Like, great, come into the marriage upgrade. Come work with me directly. We will definitely build this together as a team. And this is not to bash anyone, right? As we'll see in the next points. But sometimes people just don't have the same priorities top of mind at the same time. And that's okay. So again, this episode is about for you, ma, mama, mommy, whatever you're called in your home, right? This is for you to feel like you have help, right? And asking for help just has to be the basic foundation, step number one, okay? Step number two in this, it's just owning your resentment and understanding why you're resentful, right? Can we just be honest? Like, yeah, you're resentful. He's over there doing X, Y, and Z. He's over there getting to go to work and have meetings and feel important and get praise over there. Or he's home relaxing, sitting on the couch, scrolling his phone, being in the bathroom for God knows how long, not doing all the things that you're doing. It's human to feel annoyed, frustrated, and resentful because it doesn't feel fair. And in owning your resentment, it's important that you see that it is you feeling that way. He's probably not resentful over the same things that you are. And so that's your mind your emotions creating an experience for you of resentment. And it's so important that you're very clear about what you're resentful about. I know for me, whenever I think about this, not only for myself and my own experience, but just in conversations with other women, I'm resentful at society. I never would have thought of myself as like a feminist, but I'm so angry at society and patriarchy for conditioning couples and families in a way that certain things are just automatically assumed for women to do. Now, as I say that, 
certain things are also automatically assumed for men to do as well. But I think the difference, right, male as provider, the difference now is we live in a society where many of our families are dual income families, right? And so that blanket division of labor just doesn't make sense anymore. Or the way that families are structured doesn't make sense for that anymore, right? I know generations ago, family was much more communal. Like there was a grandmother in the home or within close proximity. And many of the women that I speak to that are really struggling with this, they don't have family in the home. They don't have family that's really close. They don't have family that's actually available and willing and maybe even safe for help, right, to care for the children so that they can do other things. I think also the need for self-care in our society right now is at an all-time high. I don't know what people did generations ago when they struggled with some of these challenges, but I think, you know, postpartum depression and depression in general and just anxiety and the things that women struggle with now are so much more prevalent that the need to take care of yourself emotionally is a full-time job sometimes in and of itself, right? So you want to look at your resentment and know why. Is it because of just patriarchy and the way that society is set up that makes it feel like things are unfair for you? Is it that you're frustrated with how your partner was raised, to not think about these things, to not have more equity in your relationship? Is it that you're frustrated by your own situation? Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom for reasons that you don't really love right now. Maybe your job wasn't conducive to having a child and being present in the way that you wanted to be. Maybe you moved and in that move, you didn't have the opportunity to like pursue what you wanted to do professionally. Maybe it was a choice that you would be home for a period of time with your children and now you're really ready to jump back in, but you can't even figure out how to jump back in because being a mom is literally a full-time job. So maybe you're frustrated internally with yourself that you're in this place of feeling so disempowered and in a system that feels very unfair to you right now. Maybe there's some choices that you've made that you don't love. And here we are, right? So you want to just acknowledge and own your resentment and understand why. Now, once you have done that, right, the next thing I do want to invite you to do, because I am all about creating opportunities for you and your partner to work better together as a team. And I want to invite you to have an honest conversation about expectations. So many times the frustration that you're experiencing is because you have one set of expectations for how things will go, who will do what, what help looks like, and your partner just has a completely different set of expectations. So let's talk about it, right? How often are you asking, what do you expect your role to be? Right? When you come home from work, what do you expect your role to be? How do you expect to be using your time? 
just ask from a place of curiosity so you can get a baseline because if it's not working for you, there's clearly a mismatch in expectations. And so you want to solicit from your partner what they actually expect of themselves. And you want to then communicate what you have been thinking all this time. Not as a demand, but just like, huh, so interesting that like you were over here in lane A and I was over here in lane J. How can we come together? What's possible? What could you do? Like, if this is what I was expecting and really wanting and desiring, where can we come together to create something that's more in the middle? What would that look like? Right? And you just want to have the conversation. But a lot of times when I'm talking about this with women, what happens is they have very clear things that they want their partner to be doing that either their partner had no idea was an expectation, it was just an expectation that lived in their head, or it was very vague, like I want you to help out more, which isn't very clear for someone to take action on, or it was just an expectation that's unrealistic, right? I have this conversation a lot of times with my wives who are married to physicians or to people who travel a lot, right? Like you can't expect things to be done when they're not there, right? Or if they do shift work and they actually need to sleep, right? That is a basic need. And I know, right? We don't want to get into a competition about who's getting more or less sleep, but we do want to be realistic. Like what is realistic here given the work that my partner does, given the work that I do, given the demands of our children right now? And the next thing you have to do from that conversation, and this is the part that you're not going to like, but I promise you it will help you do the rest. <laughs> The, the rest that I have here, is radical acceptance for what your partner can, wants, or chooses to give. This is what I'm dealing with right now. And to be able to say that from a neutral place of like, it doesn't feel fair, but I have to accept the reality of the situation because fighting with reality just creates more frustration for me. So this is what I'm dealing with, right? It's almost like if I were to say to you, you have 24 hours in the day, but you're like, no, 24 hours in the day is not good. I want 48 hours in the day. I can't give you, I can't give you 48 hours. We have 24. What do you want to do with that, right? Or like when you go to your favorite restaurant and they're like out of your dish. Sorry, we're out of the salmon right now. You could sit there and berate the waiter and berate the chef and berate the, the buyer of the food, or you could just accept they don't have salmon. You could just accept I have 24 hours and then go from there. That doesn't mean that you have to accept it and sit down and like put your head under the covers and be sad about it. It's like, okay, this is the fact right now. This is the truth. This is the reality right now. What am I going to do about it? Which is the next step, which is finding your place of power. Where is your place of power? When you look at 
what your partner is able to give you right now, how much they're able to help in whatever gap there is, where is your place of power? Where can you be empowered and making things easier for yourself? That is a question you have to ask yourself every single day and maybe multiple times during the day, right? I know for me and this three-hour commute, especially today when I'm recording this podcast, it's the beginning of the week, I had to just decide for myself how I wanted to feel about it because I could dread it and be like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing. But my place of power Accepting the reality of the situation is you make this ride as enjoyable for yourself as you possibly can, right? So I've got my playlist, I've got my podcast, I've got my favorite sunglasses, I've got a favorite beverage. I'm going to make the best of it and I'm going to give myself plenty of time in the morning so I'm not frantic, freaking out, yelling at the kids because we're about to be late. That's how I have exercised my power to create a situation for myself that is so much better. Where is your place of power? You have to be asking yourself that question. And then I want you to start brainstorming solutions, right? Like where is your place of power falls naturally into This is what I can do. This is what I can change. This is who I can talk to. This is where I can maybe get some extra help. And that process of brainstorming can happen one of two ways. It can happen with your own independent brainstorm of like, okay, well, how can I shift this and make this better for myself? And it can also be a collaborative conversation, right? I really do genuinely believe your partner wants you feeling supported. They want to be supported and they want you feeling supported too. Their life is so much better when you're supported. Your life is so much better when you're supported. It's a win-win situation. And so maybe the conversation then is, okay, these are the things I know that are within my control that I can do. And these are the things that are within your control that you know you can do. And these are the limitations that we still have. How can we fill in the gaps? What are all our options, right? What are all the ways we can get everything done so that I'm not losing my mind, right? That may mean you get a meal service delivery or someone to, I guess deliver meals is the same thing. I don't use that as an option, so I'm not as familiar. But what I do do is I do a lot of takeout, (laughs) We have a lot of regular rotations of takeout and all of us eat different things. My two kids eat different things than what my husband and I eat. And so there are some days where I'm like, I'm not cooking three meals today. You two are getting takeout and I'll cook this one meal or everyone's getting takeout. Husband, can you pick this up on your way home? Right. So I want you to think creatively about how to solve the problem and how to get everything taken care of. It doesn't have to just be the two of you all the time. There's so many ways, especially in light of COVID, that people can get help for things in ways that just were not available a couple years ago. Are you using every resource possible to help you? And then the next step 
is to take the actions that help you feel better and relieve the burden for you. What makes you feel better? Right? Is it having some time to yourself in the morning? Are you, is it worth getting up maybe 10 minutes earlier just for you to have a few minutes to listen to some music, to journal, to get your thoughts together, to set an intention for how you want to show up for the day? What helps to make you feel better? Is it going to bed earlier? Is it taking a nap? Listen, I'm a big fan of taking naps. When my kids were little, I would just secure them in a pack and play. And mama was taking a nap, right? You know what helps you to feel better. And then also to the point of relieving the burden for you, I think sometimes we have really high expectations of ourselves. And so, yes, there's laundry. Does it have to be folded up the day that it's done? I don't know. Only you will know if that relieves the burden for you or if that makes the burden worse because now your brain is thinking about the laundry that still needs to get done. But what are the ways you can maybe stop having such high expectations for how things get done, right? Make it easy on yourself. Is there an easier way for everything to get done? Is there an easier way that includes some things not getting done? Right? So those are the steps. Number one, ask. Don't expect them to know and offer. Number two, own your resentment and understand why. Number three, have an honest talk about expectations. Number four, radical acceptance for what your partner is able to, wants to, or chooses to give. Number, what number are we on? One, two, three, four, five. Find your place of power. Six, brainstorm solutions together or independently. Seven, take the actions that help you feel better and relieve the burden on you. Now, here's what I want to offer you. Getting more help in the way that I truly believe serves you as a couple and serves your marriage at the highest level is being able to have a good conversation about your marriage, where things stand, what's working well, what's not working well. And I have a guide, it's called the Marriage Maintenance Guide, which helps you have this conversation because I do believe that sometimes the conversations that we try to have with our spouses don't go well because we're not following the steps that set us up for a win-win situation. And so I want to take the guesswork out of that. These conversations need to be two-way conversations where you both come to the table having thought about what's working, what's not working, where you both come to the conversation prepared to share your positive feedback and some constructive feedback. I think one of the reasons why many wives feel unheard in these situations is because they're coming with a one-sided situation. They're coming with a one-sided perspective right? Of like, well, this is what I need and this is what isn't working for me and this is what I need from you, 
right? Good intentions, believe me, good intentions, but it's not going to create the collaborative experience that you really want. So you need some help and support in having a two-way conversation. And the Marriage Maintenance Guide sets you up for that. It is a guide that has 10 questions. Each of you will respond to those questions independently. And it ranges from everything from what's working well in your relationship to what's not working well, things you used to do that you want to start doing again, goals that you have together as a couple right? So you can use this globally for your relationship, for your marriage in any way on any topic, but you can also narrow it down and say, I want to talk about our responsibilities as a family. Let's use this guide to have a conversation about what's working well, about how we're functioning as a team. So this is my gift to you because I want to put it in your hands because I want to equip you to have better conversations so that you can come together, you can work together, and you can get the help that you need. The guide is on my website. It is drshavon.com forward slash marriage maintenance. I will link to it in the show notes. You can get it there. But again, it's at drshavon.com forward slash marriage maintenance. It is completely free. It is my gift to you to support you in having a healthy and productive conversation that gets you the help that you need. So thank you, wives. Thank you, moms. Thank you, mamas, for listening to this episode. I trust that something in here landed well for you. Something in here will help you through the rest of the day, the rest of the week, and that you will keep coming back to this episode with a fresh ear, with an open mind to help you crack this nut of how to get the help and support you need as you juggle so, so much. My final word to you, you are doing an amazing job. I am here to help and support you. And it is my hope and desire that this podcast has done that. All right. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. A wonderful rest of the week. I'll be back with you for the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now a question for you. What did you get out of this episode? The most important part of this work is applying what you hear. I hope you'll do that. And if you loved this podcast, you will love working with me directly even more. I invite you to my website, drshavon.com to learn about my coaching programs and any live masterclasses I may be hosting. And of course, we will meet right back here for the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep loving your marriage again.